You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. Good morning. Choices. Choices can demonstrate values and set the course ahead. In just a few weeks, I'll be flying down to Texas, flying down to San Antonio, and then Houston, where I grew up. There are choices of which airline to choose, which airport to fly out of, the time of departure, and then the all-important choice, seating. Window seat, aisle seat, or the middle seat. Pet peeve, I prefer the window seat or the, the aisle seat. And I remember a couple years ago in March of 22, I was in California and I was on a red-eye trip from San Francisco to Philadelphia nonstop, five and a half hours. Uh, And I was grateful I was not in the middle seat. I was grateful I was in the aisle seat. I intentionally made sure that I chose the aisle seat in, in my travel plans. Choices demonstrate values and chart the course ahead. Now, there are more consequential choices than seating preferences on the airplane. We have consequential choices that we walk towards. What will we study in college? Which internships will we choose? Whom will we choose as a life partner? More consequential choices. Then there are times when life with its changes and challenge thrusts choices upon us. We did not walk toward these difficult choices. These difficult choices came upon us, particularly when these these choices force us to examine and realize what we consider to be the most important thing. These are moments that can reveal our core values and priorities and how they shape the path ahead. This is the situation of our text here this morning. The figure of Abraham, as you know, looms largely in this section of Genesis, Genesis 11, 26 to chapter 25, verse 11. In chapter 12, Abraham leaves Haran at age 75. At age 86, Ishmael is born to Hagar, who is the servant to Sarah, Abraham's wife. In chapter 21, when Abraham is 100, his son Isaac is born, the long-awaited son of promise. God had told Abraham that the promise of the covenant would come, would continue through Isaac. We don't get as much about Isaac in this text, uh, or even, even in the Genesis narrative. Even in this passage, we hear very little from him. And our thoughts this morning would be from the perspective of Abraham and the difficult choice that comes upon him here. If you were in Abraham's sandals, what would you be thinking, feeling, and doing? First of all, thinking about what we have here, God calls us to complete devotion. God calls us to complete devotion. Let's consider the nature of the test and the nature of Abraham's response here. Notice the test for Abraham. Notice verses one and two. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, And go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. The purpose of this test is to see, to demonstrate what is in Abraham's heart. 
This is important for the, us as readers to understand. The intention of the command is not to see Isaac's sacrifice, but to see Abraham's heart of obedience. We see that in verse 12 with the words from the angel of the Lord. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Consider Abraham. Abraham, however, cannot read verse 1 to know that this is only a test. And we walk with him in this moment and this process of anxiety and agony. We should also note that child sacrifice was not uncommon in the ancient Near East. There are ancient Near Eastern texts that present the ritual of child sacrifice to ensure continued fertility. In the ancient Near East, the, the, one of the deities in the ancient Near East, the god El, it was believed, provided fertility and thus could require a portion of what had been produced. As such, this deity could require the sacrifice of animals, grain, and children. So the concept of child sacrifice would likely not have been surprising in and of itself. What is different is that God has not made such a request of Abraham thus far in any of the Abraham narrative. As well, the biblical prophets and laws in, the, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus completely forbade the practice of child sacrifice. So for Abraham, this is a test. And notice here, the request comes with heart-wrenching precision. Your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. This request touches perhaps Abraham's most prized joy, his long-awaited son of promise. Perhaps this request presses the most tender and vulnerable spot. This is like the request that Abraham had in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household. But here, in chapter 22, your only son is, is usually a phrase used for, mor for mourning the death of an only son. Now that Ishmael, Abraham's older son, has been sent away, Isaac is the remaining son, the covenant of promise would come through Isaac. And in this moment, the choice before Abraham is who or what would be his chief goal. Would the promise of God or would it be the God of the promise? The gift or the giver of all gifts? What or who would be God? And what was Abraham's response? We see in verse 3 that Abraham proceeded with immediate action to obey. Verses 1 through 3 where God tells Abraham to leave everything he has known, his sense of security to a place that God will show Abraham. Here God asks Abraham to give up the hope of the future on a place that God will show him. So his response is both, is one of both, in both is complete devotion and obedience. So God calls us to complete devotion. And then secondly, God sees us in our struggle and provides what we need. God sees the anxiety, the complexity, the tension of our journey of faith. Notice, notice what we have here in the text. Again, what does, what does Abraham know about this situation? We have the luxury of knowing how the story ends. Abraham does not. Abraham, as we said, does not have the insight of verse 1 that this is a test, nor does he have the assurance of verse 12 with the angels stopping him and verse 13 with the ram caught by the horns that Abraham will offer up instead of Isaac. 
This is a journey of obedience marked by tension and anxiety with layers of ambiguity and question. First of all, human sacrifice. Why would God ask such a thing? The son of promise, Isaac. The author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19, the author of Hebrews reads on to this and say that Abraham was confident that even if God had to raise Isaac from the dead to fulfill his promise, he would. And then another layer, Abraham's beloved son, the long-awaited son. Notice how the story is told. The text goes frame by frame in slow motion. The story unfolds in a way that heightens the struggle that Abraham must have had. Isaac's question in verse 7 about where is the lamb serves to heighten the anguish. Notice verses 9 and 10. When they had reached the place God had told him about, it's almost slow motion. Abraham built an altar there, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. There's an, a journey of obedience marked by tension and anxiety. With layers of ambiguity and question, uniquely this is difficult. This is a heavy text. And as we engage it frame by frame, bit by bit, it invites us into the weightiness of this moment, perhaps so that we can as well experience the grace of this journey. Perhaps we can relate to Abraham in some way, in our own tests this morning as a journey of faith that does not always seem to make sense or be even of sorts. A few reflections from this past for our own journey of faith. First of all, who is our God? Who is our God? A God who calls us to complete unwavering devotion and trust to himself, as he does here in Abraham's case. A God who at times calls us to a path that is difficult with hard, prickly, complex questions. And a God who sees us in the struggle and provides what we need for our journey with him. Unlike Abraham, we are not asked to offer up a child sacrifice as a test to see if we will fear God. But however, like Abraham, there are times when life with its change and challenge thrusts choices upon us. Like Abraham, we find ourselves in those spots that force us to examine what we consider to be the most important thing, core values and commitments and the path that they set us on. Like Abraham, there are moments when we are pressed in the tender spots of relationships, self-worth, and self-value. Like Abraham, we are pressed in the most vulnerable areas of our own weaknesses and shortcomings. We are pressed in those vulnerable areas of resources, of time and treasure. We are pressed in the area that causes us to examine what or who is the most important thing. What are the core values that chart the road ahead? And like Abraham, there are moments when we all, when all of this creates points of anxiety, maybe even uncertainty when we struggle to believe. But like Abraham, we see that God sees the struggle and God provides. And in our moments of challenge, may our focus be upon the one who gave himself for us, died and rose again, and empowers us for the journey today. In our moments when we are pressed to the most tender and vulnerable areas of our hearts, may we receive the grace from heaven 
to offer him our complete, unwavering devotion and trust. The God who calls us to complete devotion, the God who sees and provides, he is our God. In our moments of anxiety and complexity, may we take comfort in the fact that he sees the feeble steps of faith and will direct us, providing what is needed to faithfully follow his will. May we accept the invitation to his love, grace, and empowerment today. May it be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.